accomplishments are but scripts. Mm. They are scripts of the old worlds. You can't be creative if you are running old scripts. In the new worlds, what matters is my ability to relate, my ability to step into uncomfortable spaces, to keep doing it with my whole heart and with generosity of spirit. Over the years, I've really learned how to take care of myself. I'm just so utterly proud of it. And the pandemic like... I've missed out on a very important piece. My life has been built on other people. My everything that I took for granted. And it was humbling to know, you know, I need people. I've carried them within me. So this bhavna that I was so proud of, it's not bhavna. There is just all the fragrances of all the travels, of all those lovely uh, people. Yeah. I think now I am the light fever and it's time for me to help others play with whatever that is. Make sure that we all waken up to our gods and goddesses that we are, that's inside. This is our unique gift. This is my divine contribution. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and what was that? I have no clue what he talks about. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And thank you so much for sticking with us into the double digits as this is episode number 10 of Nomadic Nomads. I believe we've weeded out all the non-believers and sane people by now. With me today is Bhavana Nisima, founder and director of Mental Space Academy in India, NLP trainer and master practitioner, head of over 750 Lightweaver consultants, and fellow member of the Nora Bateson fan club. Just like our last guest, David Benjamin, Bhavan and I were also at the same People Need People session and were matched up in a breakout room. Which is curious because Bhavan and I had only started following each other on Twitter like a week or so before. The universe does not lie, so I was like, Bhavana, let's do a show. And what resulted was a unique, vulnerable, and beautiful conversation between us both, which was centered not so much on our specific gifts, more so on the recognition of the vital role that other people play in our lives, of the liminal space we're entering into as a collective, and the rethinking of our very identities. I'd like to thank Bhavana for sharing in this conversational space with me and for reminding me that it's okay to just chill out sometimes, to not have to perform all the time, to allow for authenticity to emerge from the moments rather than another performance. It was a really nourishing conversation for both of us, and I get the sense that it may be for a lot of other nomads as well. Watch as always on YouTube and listen on podcasts. Follow at NoeticNomads.org on Twitter and join our newly launched Discord where you can chat with a bunch of super smart and sexy nomads just like you, of course. Invite is in the description. Now, here we go. My conversation with the Weaver of Light herself, Bhavana Nisima. Oh, welcome everyone to another new episode of Noetic Nomads. I'm Albert Kim, everyone's favorite vegan pastry chef. And with me today is an incredible woman living on the other side of the planet, but whose courageous story of forging ahead is near and dear to my heart. Since childhood, she's channeled her creativity and singular ability to communicate through her singing, dancing, and writing into an eliciting of emotions so powerful that she earned the justly deserved title of Queen of Emotions and has paired these uncanny abilities with NLP, mental space psychology, and her inner goddess to become a light weaver, the integration of all parts of her being. 
here to help people find their inner storyteller, weave their own inner lights, and open themselves up to new possibilities they never before envisioned. Nomads, please help me in introducing a scholar, author, researcher, speaker, founder, ambassador, and mama bear to an army of over 750 light weaver consultants sprinkling dream dust on our life stories so we can finally turn our setbacks into leaps forward. I could be speaking about none other than the one and only Bhavana Nisima. Thank you so much for coming on today, Bhavana. Thank you, Albert. Oh my, I have never had my life rise like that, Albert. So thank you. Um, I mean, I got thank you so much again for coming on. I mean, everyone, you of course, you heard what I just said right there. And I could have kept going on and on. I had like several pages of her life work. So I had to collapse. And I'm sorry for leaving all your other life accomplishments out. But again, thank you so much for coming on, Bhavana. <laughs> so I was wondering about, so how did you, you first come across me? Because like, I recall the, I believe the first time that I saw you, I, I it was in an, uh, maybe a high pitch uh, conversations in a new key session uh, at the Stoa. And I, I believe Nora was a part of it. Um, but like, I mean, we connected through all this like weird circuitous path. So I was wondering how you first came across me. Yes. So I connected in a previous tour session. So I was at a previous tour session and I was just, you know, just creeping in, like wondering who are all these folks and what's going on. And, uh, so there were a number of people that I was like, very curious about, you know, who is that? Who is that? And one of them was you, Albert. <laughs> you had this smile and presence that was just so, you just were so present. And it's just, it was so fabulous to watch you. I was like, who is this guy? I'm going to go and find out. And then I found you on Twitter. And I was like, okay, what does this guy do? Oh, the kind of sessions you would curate, the words and quotes and things that you would curate on your feet. Okay, my job is done. All I have to do is to follow him and I get what I need to know next and that's it. And it was so surprising that I should meet you again in another place. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would meet you again, but that I did. And not only did I, but I was in the same room and I was like, oh, that's no nomads. And I was so happy to see you, Albert. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, um, thanks so much. I mean, uh, do you recall what session that was? Or... It was just, you just attended one of the random I, ones? I, yeah, yeah, random ones, yes. I don't remember the session, but I remember you. I remember you, that. I'm going to find <laughs> out who is. And like, the next day I went and followed you and I was like, okay, so next what is he doing? Okay, I got some information. Hmm. So it's, it's just my own world and creating my own algorithms of people that I want to be related and connected to that will lead me to knowing what I can't in that little hole that we sometimes stay in. And so thank you, Albert. At some, in many ways, you have opened up horizons for me by talking about topics that I wouldn't have entertained uh, normally. So it's mm. a privilege for me to be here talking with you. Um, I'm just so excited. Yeah, yeah uh, wow. Uh, again, thanks so much for coming on. And thanks so much for uh, honoring me by saying that I was someone worth following and that my, my words and my topics were something you'd be interested in because, uh, of course, going uh, over your work and like talk about how like you're weaving uh, was communication, 
creativity and NLP. And I see, and I, I, I can see it in all your Instagram posts and what you're doing with your work. Like you're so beautiful with your wordplay and the fact that you think, oh, that I'm possibly worth following. Like that is such an honor and that's amazing. And again, like there was synchronicity, which is why yes. I was like, wait a minute. The universe yes. is telling me something yeah. just like the yeah. universe told you something. And it's like, and like, cause yes, yes. Yes, I was as, like, I have to pay attention. Yes. Mm, yes. yes. And as yeah. Bhavana I, mentioned, I have to pay yeah. attention and honor that. Yes. Mm. I was about to mention, because as Bhavana mentioned, um, I went to uh, one of Nora Bateson's People Need People sessions, and I found, and she was in there, and then I was in like two breakout sessions, and the first one, I was at Bhavana, and I was just in there, I was like, I believe she looks familiar, Bhavana, isn't she following me on Twitter? And then you said, Albert, you're the Nova, Nova, Nova. I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> and then we connected, yes. And, and then um, I reached out yes, and, and yes, to, to come on yes. and, and to have this amazing talk that, you know, uh, where we learn so much about your amazing story. So I just want to start off by saying, of course, we were both in the um, Nora Bateson session. And I believe we were also in previous sessions at the store with Nora Bateson. So what is it about the work of Nora? Yes. And also I saw Greg Bateson uh, that so interested you. Maybe I should give a little bit of background as to my, you know, the maneuverings of the various learnings. So, mm, so when I did my first graduation, um, I did a bachelor's in zoology, with, mm. uh, and we had focus on genetics. Uh, but then the way it was taught, it was just so boring that I, I just let go of it and I moved to communication. And then when I moved to communication, the initial piece was I would be a journalist, but then I realized research was way more fascinating and I went into research. Mm. And I traveled to New Mexico to do my PhD in research. And the interesting thing was um, among in the curriculum, the areas that I could move to the philosophical paradigm, one was the cybernetics tradition with Gregory Bateson. Um. And then there were many others. And here's what happened. So I looked at the word cybernetics and I thought to myself, that's something to do with software. And I hate software programmers because that's kind of made a lot of Indians, um, you know, new slaves of the modern era. Mm. And so I'm not going to study that. <laughs> I'm going to study everybody else. And I've made a, a very conscious choice to avoid learning him. I see. Now, the funny thing was, as I went through my PhD, I began to discard all the existing Eurocentric notions uh, myself. I just felt very uncomfortable with it and ended up uh, connecting with Yoshitaka Miki. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a Japanese origin scholar based, I think, I don't know where he is now, um, but he was working on what was known as an Asia-centric paradigm. It's like, mm. how do we bring together, condense our philosophical pieces and figure out what's our ontology and epistemology and how do we do research using Asia-centric uh, um, ideas? So I was really enchanted because that connected with me, that connected with my experience, my thought processes. And I wanted to take his piece to work on it. And, and I used that to do my research. And the funny thing was um, the Asia-centric premises, now that I look into it, 
was very Betsonian, but I had no clue at that time, nor did any of my professors point out. So it was just this weird moment where I didn't know. But then after I finished my academia and I was like so firm on this is the way to go about it. Uh, things are all inter interrelated, interdependent. Time is not linear, it's circular. I just went about it. And I was interviewing with various universities and they wouldn't like it because they wanted me to interview in the usual mainstream forms. And I was way too adamant at that point to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to speak what you want me to speak and I'm going to go my own way. And so I returned to India. And I, went, I returned to India and I was like, okay, so maybe I will have a place to do my kind of work. And that was not so. India had changed tremendously. And so it's, it had gone in the very other extreme. And I'm like, this is, no, I teach what I want in the classroom. You don't tell me which book to use and which curriculum and what's right. You don't do that to me. Mm. So I, I banded it on. I, I tried working in certain universities where, you know, the, the head of the departments were wanting me to participate. I had great experience with the students. Then I was really, really disheartened with academia and with the scholarly processes. And I just thought, you're just saying academic freedom and all that kind of thought and curiosity. Where is it? I don't mm, see it. Yeah. I don't experience it. I do things that's crazy. You're not willing to engage. You want me to go into those same old boxes. That doesn't work for me. Mm. So I just moved out and uh, I moved out and then I just pondered. I just I had a lot of meanderings around. I worked with the rural foundations, working with organic farming around the country. And then I was in activism out in citizen protests and citizen work. And then I was like, all this talk, there isn't, you know, this there isn't integrity of action and I'm not mm, seeing it. And I was yes, like, yes. No, 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 this is, no, this, you know, change has to begin with us. Change has to begin with the way we relate, we respond, we work. Then I took, a, took another shift and that was completely NLP. And that was, I, I got to work on my, how, on my perceptual maps and I got to figure out how am I responding? What kind of beliefs am I developed? What, what scripts am I continuing to run? I got to collapse that, I got to work on that. And it was great. And I, I've done a lot of good work with that. However, the wonderful thing is, you know, in NLP, we say map is not the territory. Mm. However, we only focus on changing the maps to make it more useful with the territory and we forget about the territory. And the territory came to bite me back in the pandemic. And I am oh. so grateful that it did because and the pandemic, when the lockdown of the pandemic started, Albert, I have lived alone for almost 20 years and I'm very proud of doing it. Um, as an Indian and as a for particular, you know, my family, nobody lives alone. We are always with families, with groups together. And I chose to live. And over the years, I've really learned how to take care of myself. You know, how to do just about everything myself. I just knew I could manage. I was just so utterly proud of it that I was independent. And the pandemic, like, it just punched me right in mm. because when everything went into lockdown and there was this possible haunting of this 
you know, if you're sick, then what? I suddenly realized, who do I have that I can call? How can I get my grocery? And the extent to which, you know, I'm dependent on other people. It was a very humbling and a distressing period. Distressing because I still had my ego, but I wanted to keep, you know, I've just been so proud to manage things. Mm. And it was humbling. It was deeply humbling to know, you know, I need people. People, I need it not because I need, need, needy, needy people, but mm. my life has been built on other people's presence. Mm, yeah. My life, my everything that I took for granted was actually on the work and presence and the attention and the many thoughts and ideas and effort and those small things, just, you know, my, the person who gets me what every little thing, the shopkeeper keeping his shops open, the, mm. the grocery stocking up carefully and the, the, the sales girls in the shop, uh, in the grocery market stopping to talk to me, those flower markets just open and you're not going to buy today and buy a little more. All those little bitty things, those many, 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 many things that comprised my life just came and just... Mm. And I realized it's just, I'd messed out on a very important piece. And I had to rework the way I was approaching the world. And I could not rework now in, I must get it right kind of way. But I had to go in a very humble way that there is way too much that I don't know. And I, I, got to, I got to go into it in a spirit of curiosity and exploration. But curiosity not with, I want to show how creative I am, but that I'm just very scripted. And I, I'm going to make an effort. And I, it's, I won't know. And even when I think I know, I won't know. And perhaps right now is the art of just sitting with, I might not know. And what I'm saying perhaps is, and it just gotta be okay with that. And this is the place. And in this space is when I discovered Nora Bateson and she made so much sense to me. And I was like, I gotta go. I've been following her before too, but suddenly it all made sense. Like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta, how do I do it? And it was just this fabulous opportunity to connect and learn from her. I was like, I'm grateful for this moment. And this is exactly what I needed. So again, it's serendipity like you, Albert. Mm, I didn't know, I just randomly went and searched but I searched. I am happy I searched. That is mm. perhaps the only quality at this point that I'm proud of. And maybe that will just open up and through me something else. I don't know. Maybe mm. nothing. But I'm okay yeah. with that too now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bhavan, that was uh, amazing and beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that. And like a lot of that resonated. And like when I was looking into your story, I was like, wow, she's speaking my story as well. Cause you spoke about like the ego, right? And like before this COVID thing happens, you're like, I'm so proud I was able to do this. You know, the ego I could do that. I don't need, you know, I don't quote unquote need other people. You know, I'm very proud I was able to do this solo. And then this hits, you're like, oh my God. And then as you said, it was like, you're fo- we're so focusing on like the maps with your own work, but forget about the territory. And 
And like I said, I mean, I mean, the the reason that it, it so resonated what you said with about this ego is because I, like, again, like I'll I'll, I'll uh, for people may have heard my story, but if they haven't, like I had, I went through a very tough uh, childhood. I went through a lot of legal trouble when I was growing up. I was actually uh, incarcerated for three years during my teenage years because of all this. You know, I I got into like fights with cops and and like they put. I was in uh, I was in mental institutions because I was just lashing out. And I went through this dark period of my time for basically over a decade where I, I was barely able to function. And I was, I was basically almost housebound. Like I could barely work. I could barely function. I, 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 I basically stopped contact with all of my friends. I barely had any interaction with my family. And I, I was for a long time. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of it, but then I was just, I kept chugging along day by day, day by day, day by day. You know, I worked on my first on my on my physical body because I was like, I worked on my physical body, and then I was like, okay, now I'm gonna do like yoga, and then yoga into breath work, and then mindfulness, and then spirituality, and then and then I spread out. Now I work on relationships, and now and then like, and then it culminated when COVID hit. I was like, okay, and just like you know, because right before COVID hit, I was in Manhattan. I was working um, at a tech company, and like. I was like, I went from like barely functioning to like, they're like, wow, you're like the best performer we have. We want you to go to Boston and lead up our sales division over there. And I, and I said, no, I was like, you know what? That's amazing. It's like, I went from zero to here. And then I realized I'm here. I don't want to do that anymore. And then what I, what I wanted to do, what I, you know, right after I left that job, you know what I want to do? I want, I decided I'm going to teach overseas. And guess what country I chose? I wanted to teach overseas right before COVID hits. So oh. I actually picked China. <laughs> so this in February, oh. right before COVID hits, I was like, yes. I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach English in China. And then what wow. happens? That happens. I'm like, Oh, I can't like, I couldn't run away to China anymore. And then I was forced to stay here. No. And so what happened? I yes. was like, okay, I can't, I can't go to China. I have to stay here. And I had to figure this thing out. I went to Rebel Wisdom, Sam Sagan 101. I attended Stoa yes. Sessions. I got to Nora Bateson's work. I did all this deep inner shadow work. And then October, I launched Noetic Nomads. And we're here. So, I mean, there's wow. so much. Yeah. And like, again, like there's so much resonant that I found in your story. And I just found that amazing. So, I mean, wow. I just, yeah. That is so powerful. Mm. Thank you. It's just, yeah. And like, I just want to like, how, like, can you speak uh, to our audience about like why it was that you, we, you had this ego, like why was that it was so important? Like for me to, to be like, I can do it, but you know, like what is the, what culminated in that part of your story after which you were like, okay, now I need to go and be with the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, the ego initially came in to protect me mm. um, I also like you I had a difficult childhood and I was a rebellious teen and um, so that was not very pleasant and then I got married and uh, again I was still rebellious and I wasn't willing to play um, just a nice wife and I wanted more <laughs> I wanted mm, to do yeah. more things so I got into trouble with the family mm. and, uh, and eventually I had to leave and I left and which was a huge thing in my family. And then I went and uh, I, I studied further 
but when I studied further, like you, I was also in a mental health institution and mm. I was like <laughs> fighting <laughs> and uh, processing emotions and staying um, jobless at times and homeless at other times mm. and having people really, I had friends who just were stepping in to take care and just help me navigate. But over time, what happened was I kind of realized, I, I kind of built a narrative that I couldn't trust anyone. Mm. I built a narrative around I couldn't trust anyone and therefore I just had to do it myself. You know, I just built this narrative and I kept building it. And the more I was learning various skills to do that, I had to just build the super woman image of myself because I could, you know, because of these various travelings and various explorations, I'd also become very flexible in various things. I could just blend things into this, into this, into this. So you know what happens is when you have a narrative that you built on actually very shaky foundations, that yeah, things are bad and will continue to be bad. And the two is you're noticing you have these skills that, and you're showing up as a very intelligent person in your community and people are respecting you. So then both together makes you this, some kind of very important, great person. And uh, the more you develop the skill, everything is just built up. And I realized, I didn't realize when it was happening. I realized it only when it was collapsing, that this was just a false narrative. It was completely a false narrative. Mm -hmm. There was never a point in my life that I had existed without the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, each person, whether I knew them or not, there was never a point in my life that I existed without the universe. There's no learning that I gained without those many, many random moments and the generosity of people who shared their wisdom with me and mm -hmm. shared their wisdom in books or YouTube channels or just sitting and conversing with me on, in, in chairs and lounges and cafes. I mean, there is never a moment I have existed without others and that I, this I, Bhavna, is actually a kitri. We, we have this, uh, this thing, food that we make of rice and lentils and various spices mm. mixed together with turmeric. We call it kitri. Oh. Then I'm a kitri of many, many people. Mm. There are a lot of people that I've met. I've carried them within me. So this Bhavna that I was so proud of, it's not Bhavna. There is no Bhavna. There is just all the fragrances of all the travels of all those lovely ah, people yeah. and beings and dogs that I have met, that I've petted and walked with, all of that, everything that I've met, I've, I carry that on my being and my words that is coming that you used to be so proud, that is Bhavna. Perhaps mm. not so. Yeah. Perhaps, I'm, not so. yeah. Perhaps the integration is maybe unique, but it's, it's just... It's the confluence of many rivers that this being in this moment is expressing. And that's been very humbling, you know, to know if I sit with you right now, Albert, and when you share that some of that sharing is passing on to me, that something is shifting inside me in this very moment is, it's a very powerful realization. It's a very powerful mm. realization. Yeah, I mean, again, like that's beautiful, and like that dovetails so beautifully with uh, with I'm doing with uh, Nordic Nomads because I say like I talk about like in in my episodes like this whole thing was a co-creation. There's I, there's no way I did this by myself. It was like 
like if you look at like uh, the tagline for uh, Noetic Nomads, it's um, it's connect, envision, and alchemize. Alchemize is a word that I got from my friend Tia, who's into tantra, Ayurveda, and she's like, so alchemizing. She's talking about co-creation. That's her word. Yeah. And like literally, like I'm doing it. I I I we're I'm blending hers. I'm doing my own kitchery over here with like Tia and like my first guest, Rebel Wisdom Stoa, with you. Like I can't. I cannot avoid integrating and synthesizing everything that's coming from you when I re- like when I research all oh my guests like oh my god this is amazing stuff and and what you're doing right now is like your own uh, interpretation is is weaving you're weaving all these different strands these strands of light I believe that you stated it and then this is how you became who you are and this is your unique gift to the world and I was very curious uh, if you could share with our audience that how you became a light weaver and then there was a point in your life where you weren't a light weaver but then like somehow you, this maybe vision came to you and then this is how you became who you are today so i was wondering if you could share how this came to be that you became this light weaver sure so before i i called so i have had many avatars per se albert mm-hmm. uh the first avatar was the earth woman i called wow. myself the earth woman because I traveled so much and I was so tired of people saying, okay, so where's your native, where do you belong? You know, and I had to always define myself in terms of my genetic origins, in terms of my exact cultural origins, and then the purity of my language and the purity of my custom and none of which was, I didn't know exactly what my, where my tradition started and where it was, where was the edge of a new form. Mm. It was all mixed up. And my language was mixed up with all kinds of influences of people and languages that I had learned. And in growing up in India, I had learned about five languages. So all of those languages were getting intermixed. And I had no pure dialect in any language. And it was, I was referring to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. And I traveled outside the country too. And I lived outside and I had deep connections. So this question of, What's your native? Who are you? Who do you belong? It was just very problematic for me. And I said, no, I, I, I don't want to call myself in those forms. I just don't want to. I want to call myself as an earth woman. I belong to this earth. And that was my, my initial sense of, you know, just emergence. If you said the first round 1.0 of my emergence, then that was the earth woman. Now, as an earth woman, I worked with a lot of emotions. I worked with a lot of uh, thoughts, the mud, the soil that was my life at that time. However, I was also getting just lost in it, you know, instead of being generous and giving, I was getting lost in that inward. Sometimes you get, I don't know, in my experience, I did get into an inward spiral of emotions and thoughts and you just think, 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 and it's just you thinking, you know, and it's, I'm not considering that Albert is there and then there are the nomads who are <laughs> going to watch this YouTube. I am forgetting it all. I'm just there's a narcissism in that mm. emotional reflections. And I think I was, um, I probably was a narcissist, I don't know, but I definitely was trending in that territory. And then um, again, I was, I'm very grateful for all these moments. It was a very dark, dark patch in my life after my dad passed and several things happened. And um, 
I just just became a complete recluse. And in that complete recluse state, I began to access some of my traumatic memories. And uh, as I was working through those traumatic memories, using NLP techniques, I, um, I realized that there was this thing of I really wanted to connect with a child. So in my visioning process, so I had this visioning process and I was a very long two months kind of process but I had this sense that there was this child in the playground and somehow I wanted to meet that child in the playground but I saw myself only as a woman sitting outside the playground watching over the child you know and that was like okay no 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 it's time to integrate it's time to just change that and it was a very interesting moment. I was just sitting somewhere, I don't remember, but then that uh, integration happened. I connected with that the woman and the child don't need to be separate, nor does the child need to grow up to be an adult. All that is metaphors, you know, and those yeah. metaphors are ways by which we have categorized experiences. I'm just going to honor what the child represents and what the woman represents and just bring it together. And I, when I just brought it together, I had this experience of the sun coming down and there was this light. And I felt as if my hands were just moving to touch that light and my hand and those lights had become one. And almost, it was almost like a shamanic moment for me, like I was just weaving it. And so this weaving was this play of the child. And yet this weaving was also the wisdom of the woman. So. It just came to me like a shamanic moment and I felt, okay, I think now I am the light weaver and it's time for me to help others be able to play with whatever that is they're bringing into, they're showing up with in whatever context and just begin to work with that without the usual sense of those boundaries. Mm. So that is the emergence of the light weaver. But I also have a third avatar, and that is my last name, Nasima. That is something I gave to myself. Oh, is it? I was it? born with, yeah. So when I was born, I was given my dad's surname. And then when I was married, I was given not only my husband's surname, but also his name. So I had to take his name plus his surname into my name. Mm. And I was just like, I'm so tired. Everybody gets to define what my origins and where my lineage is, and I'm done with it. So I'm just going to do just the opposite. And I took the name Nesima, which basically means one without boundaries. I said, that's it. Oh. I'm going to call myself one without boundaries and let my life be an exploration of what it is to just keep disrupting whatever those scripts that keep us in those little boxes, you know, in those little ways. And I, I realized that that is such a big call such a big call i mean it's easy to talk about it as nasima but the work of it is, is a very humbling process mm. and not easy i often resist resist it and i no i don't want to go there i don't want to <laughs> yeah, do it yeah, 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 yeah. i'm so fine with doing my usual comfortable stuff and yeah. oh my god albert wants to interview me <laughs> albert knows so many things and what was that utopia i have no clue what he talks <laughs> about don't worry about and that say, what game say, oh, oh now what was he connecting to so it's just i resisted Albert, mm. I honestly, I resisted. I was so super nervous being interviewed by you today. And I was like, you know, 
just step into it and just explore what happens and just yeah. let it just happen. I, I, and so yeah. I'm here. So I'm here. And I'm so appreciative of you coming on here. And Bhavana, I think, I think we need to start uh, integrating the NLP right now because like there's no way you should be nervous about Albert is so smart like hello you're you have a PhD I got a degree from an online from online <laughs> okay like you know like and like like you know again like we're all like here's the thing like when, when this here like to me it's like we're all experts of experience right we all have a monopoly on being ourselves so it's like regardless of the fact that you're already a million times smarter than me it's like it's like whoever comes on here. It's like we all have our unique perspectives that we can, that no one else has. It's like there's no other. It's like there's like a. I was just talking with one of my. Uh, I was just um, editing an episode with one of my other guests that I'm gonna release, and he talks about like there's a U-shaped hole in this world, and that only you could fit into. And like that's what I'm trying to do with Nordic Nomads. And you talk about ha be having that playful attitude, integrating that inner child, and like I believe that that's what. Well, that's one of my unique gifts is, is that like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a lot older than I look. I'm 36 years old. Right. I'm a few steps away from 40. Right. But I'm still, I still feel like I'm like 12, I'm like 10 years old. Right. Like I, I'm just having fun. I come on here and I mess up all the time. I say stupid things all the time. So when Bob and I, you're like, Albert's so smart. I'm like, Bob and I, please, please go. Because it's, like, you know, it's just like, it's about having fun and about exploring and about being in this, you know, this liminal space, like kind of as you were alluding yeah. to yeah. and just letting things emerge. And again, yes. like, this is amazing. And like, one of the things like I, I go across, you know, looking at all your work and how the, the, the power of language and metaphors and like uh, having these frames and like you talked about how NLP, like once you reconnected with NLP, like that's when like everything just started turning around for you. So if you could just uh, explain uh, briefly, like what exactly NLP is and like, like what are, what is like the framework and how can it, how can it unlock creativity, which is so like, which is such a buzzword in like the business world and everything. But like, really, like you, you talk about how, like, if we change the frames, if we, if we change the language, how we see it, like we can really unlock new creative ways of seeing and being in this world. Yeah. So I wouldn't attempt to uh, put NLP in very usual ways. So technically it would be neuro-linguistic programming, mm. but like one of my mentors says, NLP is now let's play. So uh, I like that uh, definition yes, of NLP yes, the most. Um, and, and I'm hesitant, right? At this point, I want to be very aware of where I am in my life. And so when I talk about creativity, I can't talk from the pure NLP lens anymore mm. because there's just so much of shift that has happened. I see. Um, and so this attempt to find a way to do something, I'm beginning to question it. I you know, see. I'm beginning to question those very steady roads into something. Because anything that's so steady and so sure at some level is problematic. Mm. It's, yes. it's another form of generalization, a freezing of thought. And I'm becoming more and more wary about any form of freezing of thought. Mm. And so at this point, if you ask me, is what NLP is providing, can provide, is this tremendous internal sensory equity 
and a tremendous ability to observe um, clean observation. It really improves clean observation, makes us very conscious of the language that we are using and builds that meta structure. So look at the structure of what you're experiencing, structure of what others are experiencing, structure of what is happening, rather than the stories and the content of it. The perspective tremendously changes as you notice, okay, so these are all systems. The human presence is also a system. There is this interrelationship and there is something that's happening in this process. So in that sense, that practice and that awareness of looking at the structure of everything is very, very helpful because you can't be creative if you're running old scripts. Mm, yes. You can't be creative if you are only playing up to the gallery as what is considered creative, mm. as what is considered artistic, as what is considered innovative. You know, those are all scripts too. And, uh, oh, that's so cool. And this is so cool. And it just, these are all scripts. They're getting into, you're just moving from point A to point B, where the B is already defined into boxes. Mm. And I have problems. I don't think though they are creative. Creative is, I'm beginning to realize more and more, is, is a part of the heart. And there is a lot of, work that happens, a lot of inner work and humility and willing to step into a lot of uh, uncomfortable spaces, willing to really stretch the edges of your map, that, that is creativity. This moment, what we are doing is also creating a yes. new meaning. And this is also a creative moment. Wherein I didn't come planned and you are not sure where this would go either. And we are here sitting together, making sense of these worlds and something else is emerging. And it might emerge for those who are watching us right now, mm -hmm. your, your viewers, your subscribers who are watching it. And there might be something happening as a moment for them. And that is their moment of creating. And, and this is ours and this is mine and this is yours too. So in that sense, I would say NLP is that tremendous awareness and the ability to break scripts, disrupt scripts, change patterns. Mm. Yeah, like that is definitely a common theme for this conversation, for the, the, the world conversation right now is this shifting, mm -hmm. this, this, again, this, this, this unknowing, you know, space that we're in. We're just like, we're just like trying to feel our way in the dark, like what is going on? And actually that goes back to um, one of the other um, parts of the light weaving is the uh, mental space psychology. Like I didn't even do that. You know, I wasn't, that wasn't planned, right? Feeling mm -hmm. away, very spatial. So like I th yeah. that was that's very interesting. Uh, if you want to just briefly touch on that uh, for a second, on, like how we use yes, space. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Space. I love, 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 love working with space, and mm -hmm. I am very grateful that I had the opportunity to learn with the pioneer of this field, Dr. Lucas Dirks. Basically, the the notion of mental space is that everything that we know is located somewhere in our mental space. It's located mm -hmm. somewhere. Everything. Um, and within our brain, the hippocampus, in the hippocampus, along with the cells that manage the working memory, is also the spatial and the grid cells. Now, yeah. if I were to ask you to close your eyes right now, okay. and imagine your kitchen, 
where you make all your lovely vegan breakfast, which you take photographs <laughs> of and put it on Twitter and make I, me miserable. Thank so you, that thank kitchen, you. <laughs> yes, yes. And now imagine that you are making your way to that kitchen. And as you make your way to the kitchen, do you notice what is on the right and what's on the left? Mm, yeah. And when you enter the kitchen, do you know where what is? Yes. But here, Albert, and you can open your eyes, mm. you're here with me. And yet in your mind, you could navigate yourself to your kitchen. So that's spatial cognition. I see. And so this spatial cognition works in many, many other ways. So let's try something else. So you made a lovely breakfast the other day, mm. a vegan breakfast. What was it? It was a crazy cheesecake something. <laughs> I can't believe you remember. Yes, my uh, my uh, my vegan uh, cheesecake. You remember? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and what was the name of it? What was the name of it? I believe it was um uh yeah my my vegan protein breakfast cheesecake. Yeah. Yes. Your vegan protein breakfast cheesecake. Yes. And so if you can think of the vegan protein breakfast cheesecake, okay. and where do you see that? Oh, right that, that would be in front of me? In front of you? Yes. Yeah. And is the image of it big or small? Small. Small. Is yes. it on a plate? Uh, it's in, yes. uh, yeah, it's in like a little square dish. Yeah. Okay. And as you see it, how do you feel? I feel happy. <laughs> yeah. And of course, there's this entire face change. Okay. So open your eyes and then shake yourself a bit. Yes. Mm. And now think about a food that you dislike. Mm. And feel the feeling you have about that food. And where do you notice that food? Um, I don't know. It's almost more to the left or behind me, I would say. Maybe. Okay. maybe. More to the left, so you don't see it clearly. Yeah, it's almost like I kind of like put it out of my vision. <laughs> maybe. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, you're putting it out of your vision. It's literally you moved it out of your spatial mm. awareness zone. Yeah. And so you put it out of your vision. Right? Mm. And you couldn't see it very clearly, but you could sense it somewhere on the left behind somewhere. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yes. So it has a spatial location. It was not in the front. It was somewhere out there. Now, supposing you have a project, but you're unsure of it, or maybe a goal you have, or an issue that's bothering you. So think about it. Was it a project or an issue? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a project that I'm, I'm wanting to bring into fruition. Okay, so think about that project and feel the feeling you have. Okay. And where do you notice the project? I still, I see it in front of me. And you see it in front of you? Mm. Uh, Albert, if you open your eyes, how far away? Is it within an arm's length or beyond an arm's length? Probably within an arm's length. Within an arm's yeah. length. Okay. And is this uh, project like, is it a big image or is it a small image? It's actually kind of small, but the, when I think mm -hmm. about it, it's probably a large project. <laughs> but I'd see it as small. Okay. So, but the image that you see is small. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So increase the image of it and just see how it feels. Mm. I feel, I feel and excited. And imagine the sun is rising behind you and the sunlight is falling on that. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah. And you can take a deep breath in and breathe out. <laughs> you can open your eyes. So this is the work that I do around space is I do a lot of diagnosis. So when people have relationship issues, exactly where is a person located in their mental space? Or if they have self-image issues, I look at the personifications of self in their mental space, which kind of kind of tells what's the issue and I help them work with it. Mm. I work with just the space. We do a lot of creativity work just with the space, physical space, just moving around the floor. Um, there is a particular process known as clean space that gives you a lot of information. We work with the head, heart, and the gut. So that's another spatial moment. Ah, we work with this eye and this eye. So that's another spatial moment. We work with the metaphors. So it's just everything and time. We work with time and time and space. Mm. So that's just about everything that we study, we study in terms of space. And I, I love it because it's just so exciting space is just like the founding principle the founding organizing principle of everything that we think because it has to be organized around something mm. and everything that we know is 3d and hence yeah. spatial and so if i can just change that spatial nature something shifts in that process mm. so that's my work yeah and uh that's beautiful and that like that obviously like it, it jives with like our like evolutionary history you know we're like tiny like unicellular organisms and everything like you know we talk about working memory it's like okay where am i oh there's some chemical yeah. there's some nasty chemical here move away from here yeah. have you know lock it into yeah. our cognition don't go here yes. go yes. here so that makes perfect sense like how we making our way in space and that and that's we're kind of like, um, the, I guess the term is exaptation. We're using that same like, like hippocampal, I believe that you stated, uh, uh, you know, there's this navigation network to like make sense of our world around us. And the way that I saw it, yeah. like I, I kind of have like a sense of it. I don't know if it's accurate is because like right now I'm in a very like move forward mindset, like go, go, go. So I see all this stuff in front of me. Like, and when I, when you say like, is there like a project, is, is there some sort of issue, right? And to me, like, I'm, I'm taking it hands on. I'm like, it's right there. And I'm just going for it. So like in the past, I would have just maybe yeah. run away from it. Or like, it's kind of maybe, I don't know, to the side or behind me. Yes. To me, everything is right in front of me. If there's anything that I think is an issue, yes. to me, I'm putting it right there. I'm yes. looking at it and I'm dealing with it. Yes. And I'm moving forward. Yes. So I don't know if that's accurate to what you're saying. Yes. Oh, it is. Yes. And that's it. That's exactly what you were. It, it, it was evident to me because your project was right within your arm's distance, which is, it means it's close enough. Mm. And it was at 90 degrees, which is in your conceptual. So you see, we focus. So if I was going to focus on you, then this eyes will focus straight at 90 degrees. Right? Mm. So the 90 degree position is the area of focus i'm not doing this so that i'm going to look at this you know mm. and so and when you are in that soft eyes that is your your um, peripheral vision is also ah, activated yeah. this is not this and that yeah so so this is great just that lovely sympathetic system is all just activated and ready or your muscles are all set and your heart is beating your brains are just like yes you're doing mm. it has its wonderful beautiful purpose and then in the breathing when your peripheral is activated you're just aware nothing is more important than the other and it is what it is 
So this kind of this play, this kind of play that is there, that is fascinating. That's fascinating when you connect with space and time. I think it's just uh, it's just an exciting area of uh, work, and I have been having so much fun working with time. Um, and then and playing with time and sound. And so that's just like, yeah, just something, oh. a very different way to ex- uh, de-stress is by just working on time and sound. So mm. space, time and sound. That is interesting. Cause like, yeah, um, I was mostly aware of the uh, spatial aspect and then there was a little bit of time, which I didn't quite um, uh, get so much, but then you said sound and I'm like, that's interesting. I don't recall reading that. So I'd be uh, very interesting to, to go into that. And the, but like the context, the overall context, which I'm very interested in is again, we're one of the themes of the current moment or really at all moments, but we're, we're more aware of it uh, than at any other time is this, this shift, the, the shifting sense of what is and, and our boundaries. And again, like you talked about my game C video, which I just released. And that's like a, an example. It's like, everyone's talking about there's game A, there's game B. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I see some yeah. kind of problems here. Why don't we expand it yeah. to a game mm-hmm. C, right? Yes. And then and you start- called as the meta game. Yes, mm. as a meta yes. game. Yes. It's the not exactly game. a game, meta game, yes. Mm. Uh-huh. And then the, the way that I wanted to connect this is because there's one, another thing that I'm very interested in, which dovetails what you're, what you're talking about with like with time and not the linear concept of time, but the more uh, the cyclical uh, uh, you know, a conception of time that you're talking about these these Asia centric ideas, right? And how like uh, like Gregory Bateson uh, was, I guess maybe I don't know, unintentionally or maybe was kind of channeling those kind of Asia centric and ideas. And uh, that's actually something I'm discovering, and that I guess many people are in the West are discovering. But it's like I'm, you know, even though I'm of you know quote unquote Asian descent, I've grown up in the United States my whole life. So I'm like I'm like this Venn diagram. Yes. Where I'm like, I'm, I'm mostly Western, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me, like my, my grandmother, my mother is kind of, they're constantly like reminding me, this is how it was over here. And then, so I'm just trying to get yes. a sense. And I think, I think, I think our audience would really like to know about maybe like these ideas that you're talking about, this, this, this other ways of knowing Asia centric, other ways of sensing time and all that. Just, if you could just enlighten us, I'd be very interested. Um, so about time is, so initially when, I, I explore time. It was as simple as just exploring, you know, tomorrow where it's located and yesterday where it is located, right? So that was just like the basic, and it's a basic NLP's approach to timeline. Mm-hmm. And then I was introduced further that for each each context. So supposing I'm doing, you're doing this project that you're doing, mm-hmm. and then maybe um, so when you're thinking about this project, it's it's right in front and before you. And if you were to think in terms of times um, and where is your immediate present, my senses, I don't, I don't need you to do, but it will be likely to be very close to you. Mm, yes. And so it will create this urgency, you got to do this. You know, it's mm. this urgency that something is set in the body that makes you want to do it. Whereas perhaps when you make the vegan breakfast in the morning, and I think you take your time to do it. There's I just love a it. lot I love of it. <laughs> love and care yeah. that you do. And so it's not a rush. I don't think the body rushes towards that. Mm. There is more of a pause and a mindfulness in that process. Is my sense from what I have been yeah. noticing about you. And I may be wrong. It may be a wrong observation, but that's how I have sensed your 
perhaps your time experience is a little different with regards to the project and your breakfast and whatever you're cooking. Uh, and so, so there is a time difference. And what I began to notice is we are also mapping each other's time. So, uh, so for example, you said, you know, you, you have several other projects, which means at some level, if you think I have several other projects, then I have allocated time and I have these schedules running and that you are at some level mapped out my schedule in whatever form in your mind when you're interacting. And I'm also mapping out your time in my mind. And so at some level, I'm experiencing your time too. And I'm beginning to experience not just your time, I'm experiencing my neighbor's time, my brother's time, my friend's time. And we are experiencing this multiple times of different people and then creating boxes around that, that who is productive and who's useless and who's lazy and who is just impulsive and who's not, all kinds of stuff around that. And I was like, oh my God, so here I am seated, and, and it, it came to me during the lockdown because it was a weird moment in those first two weeks, is that that sense that everyone is in their home, you know? Mm. Nobody is out in the roads just randomly walking or randomly driving because it's not allowed, and they're all in their home. And suddenly everything had quieted as if the universe for me had just become very quiet. And I was like, how is that possible? You know, people have been doing whatever they're doing. I have been just doing my work and that should have no relation with others. And yet I am so deeply, I'm, I'm experiencing the vibrations, the sensations very differently. I'm feeling very different about things as if everything has slowed down, shut down, quietened down. My sense of which day is which is slowly blurring and changing. Yeah. So what's happening over here? And when I, I began to slowly work and I experimented and people were definitely mapping each other's timelines and they were, you know, then experiencing them, comparing their own timelines based on that to make a change or getting stressed out about it. I'm not being productive enough. Mm, I yeah. have become too lazy. I'm procrastinating things because I am sure the rest of the world is doing a lot of wonderful things and I am not doing it. Those kind of stresses I noticed. And then I slowly began to work further on time. And, and I noticed that any person we experience, we experience only in relationship to time. So if there is an authority person, so a person who has this expert, I know it all and we consider, it may not be that person considers, but we consider that person is just a all knowing, wonderful, fabulous expert and we are intimidated or afraid of that person, then there is a particular experience of time associated with them. So for example, if I had an authority person and I was going to do this task of interviewing with you, talking to you rather, and as I'm talking to you, I may be aware of this person and say, oh, this person will think whatever I said is stupid. Oh, this person will think, oh, that's not the way to respond. Oh, did you pay attention to Albert? You did not, you know, this, mm. these, these authority voices that is coming in will come in only if I experience them in the immediate present. So it's a very interesting thing that my experience, the time experience of authority figures is usually immediate present, which means it's not in the future. 
Mm. I'm not going to think that I'm going to finish in, you know, talking with Albert and I'm going to enjoy and this has just been such a wonderful time. And then when I will review, oh, he won't like it. She won't like it. You know, mm. I'm not doing that. So there's this future piece is not there. It's just this immediacy of it. And that's a time immediacy. And like this, I noticed, you know, friendships that are just very pleasant and easy. That immediate present is a very big immediate present. It's not a stressful shot. It will move to the next moment. It's just this flowing of time. There is a very different experience of that flowing of time. And then I asked myself the question, so flowing of time, so what is time? If time is spatial, then I, I realized that it's just actually moving of spatial location one to the other. And if that moving is happening too fast, the rate of movement is happening too fast, the experience of time is very different. If the rate of moving is just very slow, very, very slow, and then when it is slow, time slows down. And when time slows down, the quality of sound also changes. Because sound is also the beat of time. And so when I realized this correlation, I started to play with time and sound, and then that created a whole other piece. I began to understand why waves come, why bird sounds come, why wind chimes come, because they disrupt the usual notion of the rhythm of the sound, and they just create those other rhythms. It's like, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like excited. Let's, we have to do something about this. Let, what do we do? And then I realized, oh, Bhavna, there's a lot you don't know. And to pause and to stay here without rushing to make something out of it. And so this is that I want to do and then this pause. I want to mm. do and then this pause. Yeah, I completely resonate with that because it's just like, and even like, like when I have these conversations, right? Like since I, I'm very new at this and I want to be like, I want to do a good job. Sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, like sometimes, you know, someone will be talking and I'm like, okay, what am I going to say next? How am I going to connect it? I'm like looking through all these questions, yeah. right? And then it just like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm just like, oh, and then like, I just start blabbling all this stuff. But, you know, but like I, I noticed that if I'm able to just, you know, just sit back and relax yeah. and actually take in the moment instead yeah. of not being there, like being in some sort of order space, some other part, yeah. you know, some yeah. space or time. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. when we could get like the real conversation flowing mm -hmm. and, and naturally. And like one of the quotes I came across uh, it, when I was looking into your work, you said that the inability to live in the moment is the mother of all social ills because, you know, we're always stuck in the past or we're scared anxious about the future, but like now, now is where life is happening. Life is happening in the now, and this is where it's going to be resolved. So that was amazing. Yes. And it connects with the Ayurvedic uh, approach too. The oh. doshas in Ayurveda, the, the oh. three doshas, the mm. dosha, the kapha dosha, the vata dosha, although they do relate to the various elements, the air or the fire and the or the earth, they also relate to this stuckiness to the past moment, stuckiness to the mm. future moment. And now Vata will have a stuckiness to the future moment. 
the kafa will have it to the past moment and the pitta is no 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 immediate immediate oh, immediate okay. so, you know this this inability to be just here you know here mm. and it's different from mm. me planning my next word to say to you and then observing what next is he going to ask it's 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 still moved ahead here here yeah here is uh again like that's all we have it's the present moment that's all we ever have so yeah and how i feel right now when i'm in the here i'm able to relax and i'm able to feel into myself and this moment and one of the things that uh, I, is, I've been getting into more recently and a lot of other people, especially the, the people in the more masculine side is embodiment. Because again, like, you know, traditionally the, the masculine is very cerebral is in the head. It's detached yes, and, yes. And, and disembodied from the body. And, and uh, you stated that like that when you reconnected to your core, like your decision-making just became more powerful and that you were you went into like qigong and uh, even the, the Feldenkrais method, which I believe is some sort of like uh, exercise modality to kind of like another way of, of sensing or, or connecting to yourself. So I was wondering if you could speak on how embodiment and can lead us to make uh, better decisions and just to become more in touch with what is happening with us and with each other. So at multiple levels. So Feldenkrais method is about the movement how do we move mm. and how do we move is also a pattern since i'm a right-handed person so i i may be using this in a particular way and this hand in a particular way and this left hand in a specific way and so there's a shift that has already happened in my body mm. and any kind of pattern that is frozen into my body as movement freeze is also holding my behavioral pattern and the way I'm showing up. Mm, yeah. They're all interconnected, so it is locked. And when so what Feldenkrais method does is to bring awareness of bringing in choices to move. How can I move differently? So what are the different ways? So do I need, when I'm lifting this hand or I'm going to pick up this cup, how do I do this? Do I do it by keeping all this frozen and just using my elbow and just the forearm I can do it? Mm. Or I can just use my ribs and move with my ribs forward and then move it up. Mm. And that's a very different kind yeah. of movement. But I'm bringing my whole body into action and then bringing that back. And as I am moving this up, I'm using my hips too to raise it. And what difference does that make? in the process and what's happening in in all these movement choices is, is those patterns are being disrupted new neuronal connections are being formed and i'm showing up in a in a different way mm. and the feldenkrais method is in my experience this entire whole body kind of integration and bringing it together has also taught me on how to show up as whole you know to improve the quality of my presence wherever i go how do i how do i show up more me, you know, more world that I am, just mm. how do I bring all of that over here instead of putting up all those masks and just doing the right hand stuff, which is the mm. way the ego for functions is, this is me, it's, 
all the flaws and my insecurities and vulnerabilities and then my knowledges in some cases and then how do I bring all of that in the space mm. uh, that's what it has done to me it's it's changed that within me the qigong I am not trained in qigong I'm more a novice student of qigong and I'm very grateful to George Rafan, who is actually an environmentalist, who mm. also does Qigong. And I connected with him again in the same random way that I connected with you, Albert. Very strangely, many, many years back, I read an article, an interview of him and his friend in a magazine. And I liked it so much that I emailed him. So, uh, and, and he just introduced me to Qigong. And with Qigong, with Drafan, the way he has explained, Josh Drafan, as he explained this, is even the way we breathe has a pattern. So if I was going to do this, if you were not to coach me in any sense, and I was just going to do, you know, uh, just I'm going to just move this, right? If I do this, and I find I'm breathing in, and the breathing out is just shallow, and just noticing. So I, this is this is a breath pattern. This breath pattern is also connected with my sympathetic and my parasympathetic. So it is also showing how I am showing up in the world. So I tend to do a lot of sympathetic nervous system. And so I've noticed my breath is that line breath, you know. I would take a strong inhale to do something, but my exhalation is very weak. And with Drafan, he said, you just play with your breath work. Just notice it. Notice what is happening. Notice what is moving. And just that awareness. Okay. So instead of taking... And what is shifting? And what is shifting? So in that sense, Drafan helped me activate my systems a little differently, slowed me down, helped me integrate, connect, relate. This act of relationship had to be at a much different level. It can't be just me talking to you. It has to be at a very different level of acceptance right within my body, inside my body, inside my breath. And Qigong has been a portal for me. And for me, it has been to begin to breathe like the animals, like my animal ancestors. Mm. It's just beginning to occupy their way of movement, their way of breathing, their way of engaging. Not that excessive do, 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 do world that mm. I was very focused on, but do when it's required and rest when it's required. And there is... There is this, you know, there is this universe and, and this, this act of rewilding my body mm, can perhaps yes. then become an entry point for others to learn to also perhaps be more comfortable in the animal of the body, you know, just mm. connect to the more than human part of us. Mm. So that's been the process through Qigong. Um, and it's, yeah. And I'm kind of lost right now, Albert. I'm just thinking about the body and I, I'm just somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
again, just be in the moments, just wherever this goes, like not have expectations. And that's actually something that I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm processing with you right now. Cause to me, there's always so much pressure to be like, okay, this has to be good right now. Every second has to be good. I'm like, just let yeah, it be. I, I, just let it flow. Same here, yeah. Albert. Yeah. Right now, I'm sensing. I want to sound sound smart and useful to your viewers, and perhaps I just want to invite everyone mm. to be just incomplete sentences, pauses with no reasons, and connecting for just connecting, and just loving for just loving, and. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, like, again, like, the lesson is, is, is like the meta lesson. It's like, we're not trying to teach, we're just being and like, just just like, for your pauses right there, like your pauses, when you paused, I went out of my mode of like, okay, I got to do something next. I was like, and I just paused with you. And I'm like, yeah. wow, and then I shifted. And then like, I shift, I shifted just from you shifting. And so when we're shifting together, someone's listening to this yeah. they're thing yeah. as well. So yeah. that in itself is a yeah. beautiful yeah. lesson. That's just, yes, that's such a powerful thing. Yeah. And well, so there is something that um, I came across uh, when I was going over your work and like, it's actually something that's very relevant to what I'm doing. Um, you, you talked about how like, I believe this, you were asked in an interview about how like how do we kind of reconcile this sort of relationship between like ourselves as like as physical selves and like uh, as like and like the goddess the divinity and basically to paraphrase you you said like we should stop externalizing her we should stop externalizing the goddess and limiting ourselves to just being you know humans however you know as we've defined it as uh, the humans as being like kind of inferior weak or incomplete and then you stated that yes. the divine is not an abstract concept it is us in our most exalted powerful state and this so uh, jives with what i'm doing like i over time i'm like divinity is not something that's separate from ourselves like we are divinity and i i almost see life as a game where we're put here on this plane to remember how, like how infinite we are to remember our divinity and you know mm -hmm. so I, I just wonder if like, like like how do you see how do you personally uh, see like this divinity and us and our relationship to what this is mm. yeah so there is a context to how i came into it mm. um so i i grew up in the city of calcutta and in bengal that is the state so the city of calcutta is in a state called bengal like New York State and New Jersey State, so yeah. Bengal as a state. And in that state where I grew up, the, the goddess, the great goddess was uh, worshipped incredibly during the autumn each year. It was just this most beautiful public community celebration. So I, and then we had the, the, the goddess of learning too, that would come early spring. And then during the, the no moon night of uh, almost the end of the autumn, beginning of the winter, we would have the Kali goddess, the, the goddess mm -hmm. of time and darkness and death. And so we had all these goddesses and I was just so familiar with all of them. And I loved, I loved seeing these goddesses. We had images of the goddesses here. We had images goddess outside. We had temples to those goddesses. 
So I, I was imbued in that goddess culture. But then I noticed something that although the goddess was being worshipped, there was a distance between the human and the goddess. Mm. So the goddess was just this image, the human was separate. And I wish, and I noticed a second piece, and that was the male priests alone were worshipping these goddesses. All the male rituals were being done by the male priests, mm. and the women were outside. And I was like, what? She looks very much a woman to me, and... <laughs> yeah. Why am I kept all out of this? And why am I just the accessory who will cut the fruits and, you know, get the desserts ready and just that? And why am I not at the center? So it mm. started with more of a rebellious kind of, I'm going to rebel against the tradition kind of piece. But then and I began to do, read into research into the South Indian goddesses, the South Asian goddesses. I realized that there is a ton of... Uh, patriarchy and there's this clear classification between human and the divine and I was like is that what was intended when these rituals when these practices began and I began to explore the original scriptures the original practices and when I explored the original rituals and the original practices I realized that's not exactly how that happens what happens is when you do the puja is a worship, when you start with the worship, what happens is you consecrate either the idol or the image in any form. Either you be used to make it with just simple turmeric or, you know, you can make a coconut into a goddess. You can just make a bowl of water into a goddess. There's just so many forms in which you could just consider that to be a goddess. The first thing we would do is after you have shaped it, is you imagine you're taking the consciousness inside you and that you are now taking it out of your body and you're putting it in that image. And then you spend that time worshiping that image and then you exalt and you pray and you do and you say this and that and all of that ecstatic moments. And after that ecstatic moments and everything is over, you bring that back inside you. And I thought, ah, now that's a place that's not getting talked about enough. And that's an issue because it's not a divide. It was never meant to be a divide. It was meant to be this lovely continuity, a lovely way for us to separate and to know when it is divine, what kind of decisions, what kind of choices, how do will we approach what we are doing? What happens? And I, I felt that we need to do this more consciously. What would happen if I were to first detach, you know, disengage the all of the human of me and to just honor the divine and then bring that divine back inside me? What shift is going to happen in the way I'm just going to even pick up this cup of tea? How is it going to make a difference in the way I communicate with you? What's going to shift? What's going to shift? Literally in that experience, the divine is inside me. What's going to shift in the way I relate to a dog or a cat or a tree or a crow outside? What's going to shift? And I have found that to be a very, very powerful practice of just, of just, just having very different perspective of the universe and a different way of relating with the universe. Um, it's an exploration. And I think it has to be very careful because, again, you know, 
the human narcissistic tendencies very easily can take over. Yeah. And you can think I've entered into an ecstatic possession and that's bullshit. <laughs> and forgive me, I said it, but I <laughs> like I said, it was free here. <laughs> Freedom of speech, yeah. especially so, That's how so you feel. That, that, yeah. Yes, and that's that's not it. And it just has to come from a place of love, humility. Mm, so yes. I think the, the the work of bringing the divine back inside us and just bridging that gap has to be not a work of how divine I am, but rather of humility, of knowing that I'm a part of this universe. You know, I'm, I'm just a part of this universe and I'm divine as much as you are divine. And mm. not even in that measurable kind of thing. It's just, this is divinity talking to divinity. And each of the nomads who are watching you is, are also, not also as in separate, separate divine. It's all of this experience, this words that's coming and the listening that's happening and the experiencing that's happening. It's all at this simultaneous moment, divine. And this is divine and that is divine too. So mm. that is where I am with this approach. Mm. And uh, I feel that sort of approach will would help heal a lot of the wounds that are going on right now with everyone feeling divided and individuated and seeing everyone as other and they're the enemy and to me it's like when i start to see everything all of us as manifestations of divinity and that acknowledge the divinity in each one of us and all that i'm like oh now i'm like oh we are all part of the same beautiful thing and it's we're doing something. It's not like I'm doing something and you should also believe the same as I. It's like, oh, I acknowledge your divinity. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I acknowledge your sovereignty. And then, you know, this is how that we can actually, yes. you know, perhaps come to, into a better relationship with each other through this process. And this, yeah, this dovetails with my, one of my goals, like, um, like in my first two episodes, like one of the one of the the, the 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 concepts that I came up with is when like I was in a stoa session with Peter Wong and he was talking about how like again capitalism and how this this capitalist the capitalistic world and with the uh, standardized schooling system it turns everyone into like commodities it turns everyone into a cog into a system mm-hmm. and then just like they could just be mm-hmm. thrown out and replaced and like and so and that kind of like that removes us from our divinity. Just like, no, you're not special. You're not equally divine as everyone else. You're just some little piece that we get replaced with another one. And I'm just like, and, and what inspired my project is like the question is like, how can we create a world in which each of us is irreplaceable? So that was like, okay, when I, so how do I do that? I was like, we have to, I, I have to make sure that we all waken up to our goddess, our gods and goddesses that we are, that's inside. And I want to bring them on. I want to look at all the different facets. I want to show it to them and then show it to the world. And then it's like, then everyone realizes, oh, this is our unique gift. This is my divine contribution. And then that, that, and then we awaken up the goddesses and gods and everyone. And that's how we create this world again. Uh, that's an amazing and again like i think i would love if people would get that message it's so strange albert you're just seeming to connect in so many ways isn't it Mm, i I mean throughout i've been like noticing oh i i've been there too and then (laughs) you talk about hey that is this just this fabulous connection and this particular episode which one was it uh oh you mean the one on the stoa 
Yeah. Oh, it was in Stoa. Okay, so yeah, I was it was in Stoa. Yeah, yeah. It was at the Stoa. It's funny because I actually think about getting Peter Wong on because he was. I loved him so much. But yeah, like it's Peter Wong's uh, his mental model series on the Stoa. Like, like okay. that's probably my favorite series they've had on there. So yeah, I highly recommend that. So it, okay. there's amazing stuff on there. Yeah. Wow. I saw in yours you had one Mr. James Weber also in your oh yo oh uh, Jochen Jochen Weber yeah he's my rebel wisdom friend yes him yeah okay yes 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 I was like wow what a kind of diversity of speakers and how did you go about finding them so Albert how do you find your speakers they're just so unique they're uh, so unique I'm like how did he find them where did he track them oh it's like, yeah that? yeah so. Uh, so basically how I started is again, like I started this whole thing, like I kind of see myself as like a, as like maybe the love child between rebel wisdom and the stoa. It's like, there's the rebel wisdom community and there's a, there's a sense-making one-on-one um, course okay. over the summer. It was an eight week course where we did like integration mm -hmm. and shadow work. My first two guests on Noetic Nomads, Robin and Tia were my two pod mates in sense-making one-on-one. <laughs> so okay. it was birthed from there. Oh and, my yeah. yes. Jochen, uh -huh. um, I met him at a Rebel Wisdom session and then I have a, a show with Aaron. He's one of my friends from the Stoa. And then, yes. uh -huh. and then at the Stoa, right? And like, I, you know, at the Stoa, right? I'm interested, I'm introduced to all these amazing thinkers like Nora Bateson. Nora Bateson, I go to a Nora Bateson session yes. where I connect with you. Yes. And then it just, it just yeah. keeps happening from there. It's like this branching little thing mm -hmm. that all comes from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, what I'm noticing is this willingness for you to explore multiple places mm. and then your ability to pay attention to whoever is present and then just honor that. So yeah. at some level, what you were talking about, you know, considering that each person is God and goddesses and each person is a divinity expressing themselves, mm. at some level, you're able to recognize that, which mm. is why you've been paying attention to your podmates and speakers and whoever you go and say, that's divinity and let me welcome you in. And that's how I'm just uh, experiencing what you, you mm. just conveyed. And I'm like, wow, how we live our thoughts, our ideas mm. in our practice. It's it's just fascinating to watch yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, I'm appreciative that um, you could see that, and I and I'm I'm just I'm just glad that I'm actually manifesting and embodying what I envision. Because you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, people it's like like the propositional knowledge. They're like, oh, I should be doing this. This is the right thing, and then what they're doing is is completely disconnected. So I'm really glad that perhaps I am possibly embodying what I want to bring into this world, which means I'm on the right track. So thank you so yeah, much for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, even when you met me, I mean, we didn't have any long conversation mm -hmm. in our pod. We could only converse that much because we mm -hmm. had, you know, we had a topic, a question to reflect on. So it wasn't that we just had a lot of chat, but yet somehow you followed up. There was something <laughs> about that. Which, yeah. It is, right? It was totally your initiative mm. to follow up on something. Mm. So at some level, this ability to honor the other, I think that's so precious. Thank you so much. Yes. And I'm, I hope to have honored you, you know, and your list of like 8 billion accomplishments that you're, <laughs> that, oh. you're that you're so humble about. They're like, I, I don't have much to talk about, please. I mean, I could have kept going all day. And uh -huh. again. Oh, come on. Albert, you know, and now I know. 
and I think it's true for your viewers too. Their accomplishments are but scripts. Mm, yeah, yeah. They are scripts. Mm. They are scripts of the old world. Uh, and the yes. new world, those scripts don't matter anymore. What matters is my ability to relate, my ability to step into uncomfortable spaces, to sit there, mm. to care, to deal with that which I'm not easy with, and to keep doing it with my whole heart and with generosity of spirit. I think that's what is being called for. And none of those accomplishments matter wow. in that sense. Yeah. None I mean, of it prepares. Yeah. Mm. None of it prepares. You're absolutely right about that. And I've actually come to the same realization because like I've had some conversations behind the scenes with like people, <laughs> again, who have the game A, the old world accomplishments. If you were to compare my old world accomplishments to theirs, they'd be like, why would they be talking? Why would they be spending even one second with me? But actually, they're the ones reaching out to me. They're like, Albert, you're doing something different. Like, you're yeah, yes. you're you're kind of bringing. I don't I don't want to sound like you know cocky or anything or, or like I'm fooling myself. But it's like you're actually bring helping bring this new world into being. Like you have something different that's not here. So I'm like, oh wow. So this we are really co-creating. Nor is it here. You're not doing here, nor is it here. It's literally what you're doing is a meta game. Because mm. what I noticed also in your YouTube channel, you were not running a particular theme only. Literally, it was nomadic. Yeah. I was like, right. I'm finding you from here to there to there. And then me in the midst. Like, yes. That's crazy. That's <laughs> super crazy. You know, yeah. I can't just plug him into a box. I can't mm. put Albert Kim into a box. The Noetic Nomads is literally nomadic. Wow. <laughs> that's, so he brings freshness and dynamism with whatever he does. And that's what scared me because I don't know how to put you in. I can't put you in a box. I can't, <laughs> I can't decide this is it and then yeah. plan my responses. You are then an unfamiliar territory for me. Mm. And at the same time, it's just this freshness, this aliveness that you're bringing, which is your metagame C that you are embodying in this moment. That's making me so comfortable to just share as it's coming. You know, oh, this wow. I'm feeling the ease in my body at this moment. Mm. And that's something to do with the way you're receiving and feeding back. And there is something to do with the environment that you have set up, which uh, is precious, I think. That I am so appreciative, not only uh, for your compliments, which I take to heart. I, I, it really gives me, uh, it encourages me to keep doing it. But also, it's kind of like, I don't even see this. It, I, like, here's the thing. It's like, it, I am, it's almost like, like, we're, like, I don't know where this is heading because it's just coming. I'm just, I'm allowing myself to be a vessel. So there's a part of me that's mm -hmm. almost like strategizing. There's a part of me that has like certain objectives in place. But then there's a part of me, I'm just going. I don't even know what's what's driving it. And then when you as like another lens, like project back to me, like what what you see me doing is like, oh, my God, I'm doing that. It's like, like oh, what? that's like that, that's amazing. Because like, like, again, it's like we're like mirrors to each other and we're showing just like yeah. a, like another lens through which we can see ourselves yeah. and our relation to the world. So that's yes, amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And what we are mirroring is also about us. I mean, mm. if you have taken the effort to follow through with whatever I have done, at some level, it is also a way by which you are describing yourself. Yeah. It's that tremendous sincerity and integrity in what you're doing. That level at which you have tracked whatever I have done. And 
I'm like, how does he know? And he's, <laughs> he's taken that effort. Mm. That, that shows through, right? That's more about you then. Mm. That's more about you. Ah, and I'm so happy I'm here. Mm. Yes. And and all of you who are watching, I'm just so happy you folks are here. And I wish I could see you too, almost, I feel. Mm. I wish I could hear you too. But comment, people. Level, comment in the sections. Yes. My heart. Mm. Yes. I'm going to hold it in my heart. Yeah. Mm. We want to hear from you. Comment in the, in the in the section. Contact us. We're gonna I'm gonna give you all uh, Bhavana's uh, contact information so you're able to get in touch with the Light Weaver and whatever comes from that unfolds in 2021. We don't know where this is going, but I don't know. But me personally, I'm just very excited for whatever happens. Yes. And yes. And I just wanted to. And if you are watching this. YouTube channel, please subscribe to the Noetic Memoirs. Oh I think God. it's something that's going to evolve. In what direction? I have no clue. <laughs> I I no longer am not going to even guess, but there's something happening here. So if mm. you're watching this, please subscribe. Uh, please support, follow Noetic Nomads on Twitter. I think it curates fabulous sessions and speakers and thoughts and quotes. Mm. Just a worthwhile, sensible, sane feed, feed Twitter feed on your <laughs> um, on your feed so just go subscribe mm. and um, and this channel I think there's going to be something more exciting that's going to emerge and I'm very curious and excited too so mm. Albert wow that's an amazing endorsement from Bhavana thank you so much that is incredible and again 2021 we don't know what's going on but there's something that I came across which I like your feedback on so I saw your anchor phrases for each of the preceding couple of years. 2019, your anchor phrase was, I believe, forge ahead, right? And then, which goes along with like, your kind of like spatial and also like the metaphors of forging ahead. And then 2020, it was leap forward, right? And so, so forge ahead 2019, leap forward. And then with what's going on right now, obviously we can't predict but what do you see as possibly being your 2021 anchor phrase? Do you want to let our audience know or are you still working on that? Keep it a secret. So I had not thought about it, but I'm going to use this moment to just connect with myself. And what's mm. coming in is, is just... So what I'm sensing at this point is my feet in mud, in slush, earth. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the wetness of the earth on my feet. I think... The word that is coming is accepting, mm -hmm. acceptance. 2021 is about acceptance. Wow. That it's is acceptance. Yeah. It's allowing the world to come and clothe me as they want to clothe me and allowing the experiences to infiltrate me and intrude into me and let the emotions move through me and entering into that space of acceptance. I think that's it. Thank you, Albert. Mm. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Bhavana. I accept this moment. I accept all your gifts and all this amazing insight you've given me and our audience. And I just wanted to add right there, when you said acceptance, that was like, wow, for me, because to me, like I, like when I do my breaths, I do my, I do like presencing throughout the day. I kind of feel into my body, take it to my breath. And what I do is when, when I do my breathing and meditation, I do, I used to do a four count breath out, breathe in love number two peace number three compassion and number four was gratitude so four breaths love peace 
compassion, and gratitude. But over the summer, when I did my Rebel Wisdom and Stoa uh, integration, all that, I added a fifth one, which is the hardest one. And it was acceptance. Whoa. It was love, peace, compassion, gratitude. Then finally, acceptance. And every day, that's my final breath. Every that's wow. my final breath. And when I do my presencing, I do every day. I do presencing five times a day. It's acceptance because it was like wow. I accepted this moment. I accepted what's going on in this world. I accepted my shadow, the parts of myself that I had rejected, like those wow. negative parts. Yeah, that I was like, yeah. no, that's not part of me. I don't accept this. I'm gonna run away from it. And I was like, no, I'm gonna sit right here, and I'm gonna accept it. And I'm and when I accept it. I'm able to integrate it and come from a place of wholeness. So now I can show up in the world as the complete whole integrated Albert and align with what I want to do. And not just what I want to do because I'm aligned, what we want to do, what everyone, what I'm, I'm tapping into what, what, what we want to do collectively. So to me, when you said acceptance, I was like, wow, we just came to the exact same conclusion convergence and oh, synchronicity yeah. so that was yeah. amazing Bhavana. yeah yeah it is amazing albert whoever knew two people in two different parts of the world <laughs> would have this kind of synchronous life experience which mm. again we converge at this moment whoever knew mm. that and that's exactly what it is like to me it's like if i could i guess one of my kind of meta goals is kind of like if we can just if I could come here and we could really dig deep and uncover and let ourselves be, we realized we're all on the same journey and we're all trying to get yeah. to this beautiful place. And, and it yeah. just, once we realize that we're all in it together, then we could create the more beautiful world that in which each of us is irreplaceable. So that's what it's all about. And I just want to say thank you, Bhavana, for coming on. This has been amazing. I feel like amazing. I've, uh, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've, I've leveled up amazing. in my spiritual growth. Yeah, I, I feel so, so much at ease and peace. I feel so refreshed right now. Strange. Mm. I don't know how long we talked, but we talked. But right now, I just feel so, so centered and grounded and so much at ease. This is such a strange. <laughs> I talked for so long. I know. It's just... I'm feeling very peaceful. It's beautiful. Mm. Albert, thank you for this treasure of this uh, moment together, this, this convergence. That's what, I, that's what I have to call it. It's a convergence. And thank you so much for the opportunity to greet you in this way. Mm, thank mm. you very much. So thank you and for, thank you to all the viewers of this channel, too. Mm. I cannot see you. I cannot hear you. But I sense you. I sense mm. you. And even in your presence, even in that future moment when you will observe both of us, at some level, you would have changed me. Thank you for that. Avana, thank you so much for coming on here and co-creating this beautiful moments and possibly future beautiful moments for people who are able to watch, listen, and connect with you. And I would love it if our audience could connect with you. So where can people find you, links, uh, social media, and whatnot to get to know more of the Light Weaver and be in her presence? Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram at the Light Weaver. Mm -hmm. or on Twitter at PW underscore Bhav, or you can also run a search on The Light Weaver. You can also find me on my website, thelightweaveranlp.com, 
and reach out and I would love to connect with you. And uh, I can also connect via following uh, Albert Kian on yes. Twitter on awesome. and his website, his YouTube channel, The Noetic Nomads. And Instagram, what's your Instagram? Um, I don't, I don't have one right now, but uh, I might uh, make one in the future. But yeah, that's. But thank you so much okay, for uh, okay. plugging I was my like, own thing. I didn't follow that. I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I was like, I have to follow him. The moment yes. I finish, I'm gonna. Oh go my god! Follow. I'll let you know if I if I definitely make one. Yeah. Okay. So thank also, you, Albert. yes, thank you, Bhavana. And again, here we are, the amazing Bhavana Nisima, the light waver. <laughs> and again. That's it for another episode of Nordic Nomads. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you're back later so you can see more of myself and possibly Bhavana in the future. And peace out and step up, Nomads, because the world needs you. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. All right, and we are done.